falling into you. Oh, baby, even electricity can't compare to what I feel when I'm with you. Baby, giving up my ghost for you. Now, listen, this song, I know. <laughs> and we'll sing literally the whole thing because 2020 is very much so the actual year of karaoke. Like, I know I said 2018 was the year of karaoke, or was that 2017? Either way, previously, I stated that 20 something other than 2020 was the year of karaoke. And you know, now I just don't know if that is um, true. So yeah, welcome back, honey. Hey, <laughs> how are you today? I hope you're so great. Um, 2020 was, like, if 2021 hadn't been the just transformative year that it's been, I would definitely say 2020 was like, literally one of the best years of our life, of my life personally. Um, we just did so much. Like I already talked about how we ended 2019 in Louisville at play. Um, we went back to the Galt house and literally lived our best lives. Like that was the best possible way that we can bring in an, a new year. And you know, my birthday is February 4th, hashtag Aquarian Nation. Um, and so my birthday trip was right after that. We'd already started karaoke. So you were at Metro twice a week. I was in a job that I really loved. Like you were doing a job that you love. You were doing gigs that you love to do. Like everything that we had been working on was kind of like all coming together. And the first planned trip like business dual work purpose trip that I had for me specifically for my birthday was in 2020. And you had a gig in Madison, Wisconsin with, um, <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like thinking about Reese Nim in my head. Like I love Carlin Reese so much. Um, but we went out there for an event for that or for Carla and her job. I forget what the theme was, but it was the um, Black Student Union or Black Student Association or something like that. Afrofuturism, super cool event. We road trip there. We're super freaking excited. We're like, we're just going to do this gig real quick. Then boom, birthday season all day for the rest of the trip. It's great. And so we drive the like, four or five hours out there and we get there just in time. You've got enough time to set up and do all the things, change it to our clothes. Everything is going to plan. And then we realize that we do not have our formal attire for this Afrofuturism event where it's kind of like, you not necessarily that you want to be themed because again, this is a, a college thing, a university thing. So, you know, students, you, you either have students that go all out or you have students that are like, no, mm -mm. most of the time the students are like, no, mm, I'm just going to wear something cute, not necessarily on theme unless they're a part of the, you know, the board or the organization. And so we had some on theme things picked out in Indiana, hours, hundreds of miles away. And so naturally being the DJ wife that I am. You're like, all right, babe, I got to set up, but I trust you to go get us some clothes, navigate this new city. And yeah, get there, pick some cute stuff. 
if you can be on topic, you know, on trend, do that and then come on back in time for me to change, you to change, and for us to get this started. Oh my God, the pressure of being a DJ's wife. I don't know why people don't talk about the pressure because we're not the performers per se, but who the hell do you think went to go get that fucking XLR cord? Who do you think went to go get that quarter inch cable? I did. I'm running out to all of these places asking for these things that sound ridiculous coming out of my mouth, but I'm doing it because goddamn it, I'm a DJ's fucking wife. Anyway, outfits were cute naturally because I picked them out. The night was beautiful. I always loved the um, campus for the University of Madison, Wisconsin. It's just so beautiful. It sits on that body of water. I always forget which one it is. Me and geography and shit like that just don't really get along, but I love their campus. I love boats. I love water. So it's like, oh, I wish I would have known about this when I was a student. But we took full advantage of that campus and that city while we were there. We were going skiing for the first time. We had snow pants and the whole bodysuit thing. We had the thick ass ski socks. Like we were gonna fuck that mountain up, okay? We go to the to the lodge and we kind of like peep everything out because you know it's our first time. We don't wanna feel uncomfortable or unwelcomed and it's something that we plan to do. So we just go and check it out. And I am like in little kid childlike wonder and awe watching all of these people go up and ski down and snowboard down. It's like, I feel like I am living my best life. Like I have this on my bucket list. I want to cross this off. Oh my God, my heart is singing. But no, we end up getting snowed the fuck in. Carla ends up getting sick and spoiler alert, y'all know this is 2020, year of COVID, year of quarantine, Carla probably maybe had COVID because when we came back, you had ended up getting sick. I'll talk about that a little later. Right now, happy birthday things. And then, oh my God, we're married. This is for sicker or for worse right here. But we ended up having to get a hotel room, which was a beautiful hotel room. It was snowing so bad. We couldn't even make it up the hill thing. Um, But I think it was the first spontaneously planned trip that we like, had enough money to do all the things that we wanted to do in like a, a spontaneous manner. Because before I feel like our trips were like, ooh, okay, we planned this. But I mean, when I'm saying planned, it's very loosely, very loosely. <laughs> it's like, okay, we got X amount of money in the bank. So let's just not spend all of it and we'll be okay. When, when we get home, we're going to have all these bills to pay. This was the first trip where we were like, no, we have discretionary money. Like we have money specifically for this trip we're good. Our bills will be good. It was like adulting together was working. Communicating together was working. And those seeds that we laid in the previous years and the conversations and all of that stuff, I feel like really just culminated in 2020. Like we went to that ice bar. We were snowed in, snowed in. So we're walking everywhere, fully bundled up in our ski gear. We went to that ice bar, had delicious food. You took that ice shot outside because you're silly as hell, just crazy. We went and watched Knives Out, that movie you thought was going to be something else. And it, it ended up still being a good movie. It was like a clue, murder mystery type of deal. But we ate at all those different restaurants. You remember I had those weird poops and then I had that stinky poops. <laughs> the whole way home we had eaten like 
tacos. We started at tacos, then we went and ate those bow buns, those pork barbecue buns. Yeah. And then we had something else that I can't remember, but I do remember us going back to the taco place because it was so good and getting like even more steak tacos and guacamole. And that next day <laughs> on the way home, every time I pooed it, it was like the most rank disgusting smell ever. I was like, you love me so much and I appreciate the fuck out of you for even allowing me to ride up front in the car because sister girl, you would have had to been put in the back. Like you in the hatch. Okay. Because them poots. Oh, that's how I know you love me too. I appreciate you. Thanks for sticking in. Uh, <laughs> it was such a long ride. I, I love you. Um, Oh, I said I was going to go to something else, but now I've forgotten because I've I've gotten back excited about karaoke and Metro twice a week. Like I was inviting coworkers out. We had specific songs that we would do. You started to do theme things like it was so much fun. And then boom, shut down. Or no, let me do the sad dude do's from Bless the Hearts. Do do. Mm-hmm. We're like telling our families about what's going on because when you get back, oh, that's what I said I was going to talk about. When we get back home from my birthday trip, we're celebrating my chapter's 100 year anniversary. And it's like Valentine's Day is our charter day. And we're like, so cute. We're dressed up. We're going to all of these different weekend adventures and events that they have planned for us, which was so beautiful. And then you're like sick as fuck. And I'm like, oh, wow. What do I do? We don't know if it's the flu. We don't know if it's this thing that's going on over in China. Like, we have no idea. And even still, in your sickness, you're, like, telling our families about what's going on. Hey, avoid these big major public places if you can. You know, stock up on X, Y, and Z. Like, even when you're sick, you're, like, really doing a good job to take care of us and our extended family and everything, which I just am always so appreciative of. I look to you so much for stuff like that. Um, Weather stuff. I always call you the Doppler queen, and you think I'm joking. And it's like, I'm joking a little bit, but I appreciate that stuff because it's not something that I – look into, not necessarily something that I don't value, but something that doesn't cross my mind. I think we do a really good job of complimenting each other and picking up where the other one is a little less, you know, less intentional about. So even on your sick bag, girl, you're sending out all of these different alerts and stuff, which we had to bring up to our families, like, Trace told y'all this, okay? Don't be sitting here acting like y'all didn't know nothing about no COVID-19 back in 2019, because you did or maybe early 2020, January, she was telling y'all about this stuff. Oh, they're just hard-headed. But that led to us going into quarantine. And I remember having the conversation with my boss, David, back then. And I was like, hey, this is getting scary. Nobody is taking this seriously. I don't understand why they're not taking this seriously. Stuff is beginning to close down. Like, Alerts are being escalated from the, you know, the happy yellows and the old cautious oranges to the old shit. That's a red flag, you know. So I'm telling him, like, hey, no, I don't feel comfortable coming back into the office until we have a plan in 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 effect, like a procedure or something of how we're going to move forward. And everybody was looking at me like, oh, okay, conspiracy theorists. Oh, okay, you're just overreacting and being this. And then. I kid you not, two days later, what happens? Everything shuts down. Just, beep. 
shuts the fuck down. And I'm sitting at my house, which what I have been saying, now didn't I tell your ass not to go back into that goddamn office? Didn't I tell you that this was some serious shit going on? Oh, I digress. Quarantine led us to so many great personal revelations, so many relationship revelations. It was like the time that I was craving, that I felt was necessary to just get back to myself that I needed back in 2018, 2019 when I was working at Shane Company. I remember writing down, I'm so grateful that I can work from anywhere. I'm so grateful now that I have an abundance of time and space that I can give myself to step away. I'm so grateful now that me and Trees are connected on a level that feels like home, feels so safe, feels so second nature. And then boom, quarantine happens. And that's exactly what my world is. We're at home together and we're having, you know, our, our now traditional talks in the dark, but they aren't as um, separate. We don't have these different visions of our lives anymore. They are a together vision and it's us against the world and not in a bad way, maybe us against previous versions of ourselves or what we thought the world was like. And not only are we having epic ass karaoke parties at home, we are reading and we're learning and we're unlearning and we're cooking different, we're eating different, we're spending time together differently. A lot of our activities now are more so outside because nobody's really out there, you know? And we've been in the house so long that it's like, ah, I can get some fresh air. So every day we're going on walks, at least on an hour walk. Um, and we're talking, talking about books that we're reading, shows that we're watching, things that we're learning about ourselves and ways that we want to connect and share this knowledge and, you know, put it into practical use so that we can improve our lives and our relationships. And oh, it's like I got to be Beyonce and Oprah. I would set up the, what's the light called? I don't know what the light is called, but it's it's like the club lights. Of course she has them because she's DJ Tracy Trace. But I set that up, have a little fan or the door open, my hair breezing, you know, like Beyonce. But then I was researching and learning like Brene Brown. Like, it was great. I was talking to people and drawing conclusions and putting out very intentional intentionally personal content like Oprah. So it was like, I was just this trifecta of uh-uh, you can't fuck with me. None of this stuff fucks with me because I fuck with me. I know me. I'm getting to know me even better. I know what's for me and I know what's not for me. And <laughs> it was one of the best years of our lives. We started to do different hobbies. I started to do makeup, which was really fun. And I would look at you like, am I cute? Probably looking like a clown half of the time, but I mean, you know. <laughs> You got to like me even when I'm not the cutest. Um, a lot of the books that we read, too, were really for personal development. And, of course, we find a way for it to be relationship or to be able to draw relationship practices from it. And I think that's that's the secret sauce, right? Personal development and then becoming your partner's friend, you know, and that escalating to becoming your partner's best friend. 
And the sense of self that we created by reading books like The Courage to Be Disliked, Atomic Habits, uh, Secrets of Six-Figure Women, Brave in the Wilderness, Daring Greatly, like so many different books, um, The Path Made Clear by Oprah, so many books that were like, not only does this apply to me and what I'm going through, but it may apply to you and what you're going through. And maybe if I read it and you read it, we talk about it together, we can help each other out. Um, it was just a, a year of, of becoming superhuman. And I think that's why I named this episode Becoming Superhuman, because it was like, if you eat well, if you live well, if you love well, if you do well, like, you know, just having the intention behind becoming the better version of yourself. You have everything you need, even if you don't have 100% days every single day. We were, we felt like we were having 100% days because we were trying 100% of the time, even if it didn't, you know, do the whole thing that we wanted it to do. We were proud of the, what we put in because we knew it was our best, right? So many things happened. We became dog moms to Brody Houdini Rias Thompson. He is the light of our life um, and also the bane of our existence because, oh, Lord Jesus, have you met him? He goes from cuddly snuggly to psycho in like five seconds. We're working on that. What I will say about becoming a dog mom is that it showed us different sides of each other and it scared me a little bit about how we may be parents and how we co-parent together. And when I say co-parent, I don't mean co-parent in different households. I know that term kind of, you know, it's like, oh, we're not together. We're co-parenting. But I believe even in a, a one household, you know, a single household, you're co-parenting, you're, you're figuring it out. And I was like, we are running into so many parenting roadblocks and crucial conversations that we are not on the same side with that I can't handle it. And you were like, listen, we're going to figure it out. I am like this. You are not. I'm sure we'll find a happy medium. Also, he's a puppy. He's going to cry. He's going to pee on the floor. He's going to break stuff. He's going to poop on the floor. We're just going to have to figure it out. <laughs> and I was like, I just want to be great at it. That was my thing. I'm learning that I have to be great or perfect at everything. Because again, Reading Brene Brown, she's got this quote that I like live by. I just want to put it on everything. T-shirts, totes, mugs, pillows, everything. But she says, I am a recovering perfectionist and a striving good enoughist. And I think that was so important for me to, to, I don't know if that was maybe the first time that I heard it in 2020, but I think it was really important for me to get that quote, to get that message because Again, I, I had been performing so much throughout all of these formative years for us that I was like, man, if I stop performing, what does India look like? What does wife India look like for trees? Like, I think it was just a very scary place to be. So when we became dog moms, it was like, oh, he's not trained. He's doing this and this is, I don't think that's good. I think that's bad. I need to fix this. So I like took over his training and I took over making dog treats from home and looking up all of these things about being a puppy parent and what are puppies doing at this month and how long can you leave them in a crate? Should you crate them? Driving myself mad, basically, uh, in the best possible way. But you were there to just be like, listen, he bad. 
right now. He's a puppy. He's annoying. That's okay. This is still, this is fine. Like, we're going to have to wake up in the middle of the night. I can do that stuff. I can be consistent. If you want to be the one that does the fun stuff, does the training, does the treats, that's fine. I will wake up and take him to go pee. It's fine. And you still do that. And I appreciate that so much because sometimes I'm too overwhelmed or too anxious about it because he is still so a little all over the place. But to this day, you're like, babe, hey, if you don't feel like walking him, I understood that I was morning mama, but I got you. I can walk him and I'll, I'll walk him longer. I'll take him for a 30 minute walk or I'll walk him down to the staple centers and come back. Like that started when he was a puppy. And I'm so appreciative of that. And you, I start making, um, or not making, I start finding different ways that I can date you in the house and like just make myself into the wife that I want to be in an intentional and easy way. Like looking for the easiest wins. I'm doing different hobbies that I'm like, okay, this is a fun hobby, something that I was interested in and also something that I think would benefit our home life. I want our home to feel like a hub. That's another thing that I picked up in 2020. And that was actually from Kim Kardashian. She was like, I don't let people into my house. It's just a whole bunch of craziness that we deal with in, in the job that I do. And, you know, I, I use that loosely because I think her life is her job, but, you know, striving, okay. But she was like, when I come home, my, my house, my home is my safe space. So when I come into that place, I want it to feel like it's hugging me back, like it's welcoming me back into the place where I can be me. And I was like, I want to create a, a home hug for me. I want to create a home hug for you, for us. So I start looking at different um, TikToks. TikTok also blew up here. And I start looking at different TikToks of like home life stuff, decor, recipes, um, just a lot of different little hobbies or little projects, I'll call them instead of hobbies that made our life, you know, a little bit better, a little bit more, you know, the aesthetic that I was going for, the way that I wanted to live my life. And so I started to try to do little things to feel like I'm living this grand life, my best life right here now. And so something that came out of that was the charcuterie boards. Um, <laughs> and I'm skipping over a whole part where my mom got COVID and was in the hospital and we watched that whole Marvel movie marathon, it was like maybe it had to be like a dozen or two dozen movies, all superhero stuff. Um, Y'all may know the graphic that was going viral back then, but you watched the movies in orders and you ended up with um, Avengers Endgame. But <laughs> okay, I guess I'll briefly talk about that and how I was absolutely fucking devastated and was doing everything that I could to hold it all together because what a scary fucking time. Like, my mom is my best friend. She's literally everything to me. And she's such a stubborn woman. And for you to watch me go through all of that. And the only thing that you said one time was like, this reminds me of my dad. That was the only time where I was like, I can't talk to you. And not because I wanted to distance myself from your experience or from the like the relatability that you were trying to create there. Because I know you were just wanting to let me know like, hey, everything is going to be okay. Like for you, the absolute worst outcome happened and you're here, you're okay, you're loved, you're making it, you're trying every day. I felt that you were trying to connect with me. At that point, I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom the thought of losing my mom. And I think that's why the, the superhero movies worked out so well for me during that time, because <laughs> I kept telling myself, and I don't know if this is morbid or if this is genius, but 
I kept telling myself, okay, we're watching all these superhero movies. These people are great. They're superhuman. And all, almost all of the superheroes have one, at least one parent who's passed away. And so my two options that I told myself were, okay, India, depending on the outcome of this situation, which you have very little control over, literally none, your mom's hours away, you have two options. You can either, you know, get your mom back, which of course is is the best option and that's the option that happened. My mom is here. She's alive. She's healthy. She's loved. Oh my God. I talk to her just about every day. And I say just about because sometimes she just don't have the phone. But the second option was I become a superhero. I don't let this ruin me. And maybe that thinking is morbid for some, but that thinking saved my life. It saved so many just, uh, it was, it was a time and you were there to let me know in so much silence and in so much physical support, hey, we can sit here and watch all of these movies. You can drink all of the root beer floats you want. You can break down in the shower and not tell me that's okay because I'll be here if and when you do want to tell me. And that literally was all I needed. Like, I feel like other partners or other people would have forced me to talk about it or they would have forced me to just do what they thought was best. And you were like, no, you know what's best for you. You've told me I'm respecting those boundaries and I'm showing you that I'm here for you in the way that you let me know would work best. And I so appreciative. 2020 was 2020 was our year. Like it was so us centric. Everything, even the things that indirectly impacted us had a direct result in how close we got. Like we didn't get tired of each other. We didn't have any arguments about needing space or one at a time apart. Like it's people that got divorced, broke up, quarantine babies happened, all types of things. And through it all, we were solid. Solid as a rock. <laughs> I hadn't sung in a while, so I thought I'd break up that very um <laughs> very um emotional part with a with a little jingle jangle. But out of that, I started to do randomly gift giving and gift receiving. Um, my love language changed a little bit. Uh, I want to say maybe in 2019, but in 2020, it really, really started to be something um, that I, I was really feeling like gifts that were personal to people and that I'd made. It, it felt even more special because we were in a place where we couldn't see the people that we loved um, as often or as frequently as we wanted to because of everything going on. And so I started to make charcuterie boards and I would take charcuterie boards to our neighbors across the street. I would make us charcuterie boards for our date night. And then my mom's birthday in September, I made her some boards. She had that wine night. Do you remember that? We got so drunk on that wine. Oh, it was great. And then we were smoking outside with Alex and we came in. And <laughs> the next morning, you told me I'd done karaoke songs. And I was like, babe, I don't remember doing any karaoke songs. And you were like, girl, I got videos of you doing karaoke songs. And I was like, I must have truly, truly been messed up. My God. But it was such a great night. We were walking around serving folks with the charcuterie boards. And you know I love introducing my loved ones to something that's new and something that I can contribute um, for relatively cheap, you know, or relatively affordable. 
And it's fun. It's something that I'm like, yes, let me throw together a board for you. This is going to be great. So there's lots of little different um, gift things, gift ideas that I came up with to celebrate folks. And uh, I just love it. I never thought that my love language was chiffed to gift giving. I am realizing that these surprises truly have got to stop. I'm going to start being more forthcoming around birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. The biggest secret keeping girl be really, really taking me out, okay? Anyway, let's go back to a part that's like, oh my God, that didn't happen too. So we get COVID, spend a whole month on the couch, watching Monk, which, <laughs> disclaimer, watching Monk while a global pandemic is happening is not the best to do, okay? Because if you know Monk, He's, uh, he's got um, obsessive compulsive disorder and it's exacerbated by the death of his wife. And he's this brilliant detective who can't solve her murder. And so it's this whole thing. But the the psychological journey that you take watching Monk during a pandemic is like, I've got to wash my hands 15,000 times a day because y'all's nasty. Y'all nasty. Your hands is nasty. You're germy. And you probably got the itchies, the itchy hours, mm-hmm, cooties brought them back. But it was a good time. And that sounds crazy. But even with us being sick, we're like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. It's like we would wake up and feel 100%. And I say we wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning. Okay, we're at 100% at seven. By 7.05, we're at 70. Energy levels, the fatigue, the exhaustion were terrible. We were taking so much medicine. And really having the conversation of we can't die in Indiana. We can't. We have to do something different. Let's plan to do something different. So by the time we got well, we'd come out to LA, visited Lou, completely unrelated in the beginning because we were just like, dang, we want to see the people that we love and care about. So we had started to schedule a tour of visits. We're like, we're going to visit Davey down in Texas. We're going to visit Lou, Lou out in LA. Like we had a tour that we were getting together. And then we came out to LA and Lou showed us literally the best fucking time. Oh my God. We did everything. We went to the beach. We went downtown. We ate at great food places. We ate at food trucks. Like we went and got crystals. We went and got weed. It was like living here. We walked downtown. The only thing we didn't do was take public transportation, which of course we were like, eh, not going to do it. But met Apollo. So having even the experience of being a dog owner in the city. We got to do all of those things within the span of time that we spent. And I want to say we were here for a nice little minute, like a week, maybe a couple of days less, like five, five or six days. But I remember thinking, we're adults. Why can't we live here? Why can we can we live here? I remember asking you, can we live here? Like, I don't ever want to go home. I always want to be by the beach. I always want it to be sunny. I always want to be able to walk down the street, no matter what fucking time it is, get a slice of pizza, maybe get a swisher, come on back up, roll a joint, smoke, eat my pizza. That I just it doesn't get any better than that, you know. And so career-wise, I oh, so much stuff was happening. I was taking on so much work because David had announced he was leaving and he's the director of the office and I'm the senior most employee. So I'm 
going to the meetings that he used to go to, um, handling the logistical things that he used to handle. I'm taking over all of this marketing stuff. I'm like, this man literally for eight years, the better part of a decade was a one man department, even though he had people that, you know, worked in the office with him. It's like, he just did everything to shield everybody from all of the other things that were, was happening above our level basically. And so naturally there's conversation about whether or not I'd be up for the director position. And I'm like, mm, do I want it for the, the clout, the, you know, the title of it, the, the power of it, the youngest director, black director, queer director, woman director. Do I want it for all of those things? Or do I want it because I believe in the department and the school and the mission of the office and working with the students and, you know, really connecting them to careers that serve them as liberal arts students and alumni. And while I love, love serving students, while I love IUPUI and especially the School of Liberal Arts and damn sure the Office of Career Development. That was not my path. And when Jennifer called me and was like, hey, we decided to go with this plan, this route. I said, that makes sense. The way that you all are doing it makes sense. And there's no hard feelings about me not being the director because I knew right then and there, my life, the universe, was aligning me to something so much better. And had I taken that directorship, we wouldn't be in LA. We definitely would have chosen to stay, you know? So we got that news while we were out in LA. And then randomly we got the news of our lease being voided. So it's like all of these different things are aligning for us to move to LA. And sure enough, the next 60 days, we spend our time intentionally planning and saving and making moves so that we can go and live our best lives in LA. And we spend the holidays with our families after packing up that house. We will never accumulate that much stuff again. I don't think I've ever been so sad to see so much stuff. But what happened was the best road trip that we've ever had, okay? From Indiana all the way to California. It was a great time, great music, great foods. You remember that Panera Bread pizza? Oh my God. Listen, I ain't got no coupon code for y'all, but if y'all are buying a Panera Bread, them flatbreads, you can't go wrong. There's no way you could go wrong with flatbread. But it was a great road trip. Uh, you did get sick. You got altitude sick when we were coming into California. So I spent the last 12 hours um, driving us into the city and everything. But you were a trooper even then, inhaling your canned oxygen. <laughs> we had this dog in the backseat eating chicken nuggets illegally and licking sauce containers clean. Like, it was a whole thing. We talked so much. We learned even more stuff about each other. And... Uh, Everybody kept saying, I don't know how y'all did it. How was the road trip? Oh, I would be driven crazy. I can't be with nobody that long. All those hours in the car, 12 hours. And we're like, yeah, we do it again in a heartbeat, which is why I know we could absolutely have a tiny house or an RV house. So hmm, stay tuned. Who knows what will happen in 2021? Because I am pretty uh, fucking uh, persuasive. And I typically, I'm not even going to say I typically. 10 times out of 10, I get exactly what I want. I mean, I got you, didn't I? Boom. I saw you and was like, I saw the love of my life today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And here you are, seven years later, still the love of my life. 
All right, that is enough mush and gush for today. I'll be back here tomorrow for the next year on the list, which is dun, 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 2021. And I have a super special surprise for 2021 that I hope you love, even though I did just say that I was going to stop doing surprises. I understand the irony of it all. Thank you. Now, before turning to kiss me with the passion and ferocity of the goddess of love, Venus herself, Open your Spotify app and check out the curated playlist for today's episode. And remember, you are so worth this and so much more. Thank you for loving me and allowing me to love you in return. Now, kiss me, woman. I deserve it. And there are some kisses for you, too. <laughs>